Alrighty, guys, welcome to Devro Sports. Cut the music. Oh, man, it is good to be back here in the studio. Uh, I'm your host, Mike Lauro. I'm here with three of my extinguished colleagues as we present Body Slams for Breakfast. I'm here with the one and only, uh, we call him Corpse, Marty Emmerich. <laughs> Marty Emmerich. We have Dave Chio Frost in the building. And of course, the guy sitting across from me, the one and only Dennis Reaper. Guys, welcome. Thank, Thank you for having you. me again, guys. Uh, so let's see. We've been, uh, you guys were supposed to do some homework. I'm filling in for uh, the gobbler because uh, he's out making breakfast runs. He's probably had about three breakfasts so far this morning. I hope he brings some for me. I'm hungry. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I'm so I'm so uh familiar not calling you Mike. Uh, we all the last time I was here, we were all going uh pretty much by the uh the, the, the gimmick, the, name, the gimmick name so 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 across from me is sitting the man slayer. known as slayer yes slayer yes, yes uh, so. pat, pat make sure to bring that up all the time when we're doing the sports uh when i'm doing the sports round table he calls me the slayer and i'm like dead i'm like now but uh guys listen man um you know we've been talking touching on the world of professional wrestling um which we all have various experience um the funny thing is, all of us at one point in time, I, I can remember probably all of us all being in the locker room together yep. at certain different points in our career. So um, always had a good time with you fellas. Yep. But uh, give me some of your thoughts. And I'm, Marty, I'm going to start with you first on the current state of wrestling. And I don't mean like let's get away from, you know, the two majors because I do consider AEW a major. They definitely are a major company. Okay, a lot of people don't like to. They think it's WWE and everybody else. No, AW, I mean, AEW is a player. Yes. So, Marty, I'm going to go to you first. Um, with them two aside, with us being around the local indie scene, mm -hmm. give us some of your thoughts of what you're seeing, what you like, what you don't like. I uh, see a lot of potential. A lot of the newer guys have a lot of potential. Um, the the I just don't like the training style nowadays. And we were just talking about this outside. They're not learning psychology. They're learning how to do a billion spots and take finisher after finisher after finisher. There's only so many times you can get dumped on your head before it just take the three, man. But I'm seeing Death Valley drivers into a Canadian destroyer with a shooting star. Oh, wait. Corkscrew. No, nobody wants to see it anymore. They really don't. But um, with the agility of these kids, and if they were trained right, amazing. I, I can see a lot of a uh, really good talent coming out. But um, as of right now, with uh, it, they just got to get away with uh, everybody wants to be, you know, that guy, you know, and um, you got to start from the beginning and build your way up, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's and, the whole problem. I, I like one of the things, um. And Dave, I'm going to get to you next. Um, what I'm seeing is is that nobody wants to start off being that guy to, that has to do the job. Mm -hmm. Like they're getting done training and right away they want to come out and be the main event. Yeah. Like in our time of coming up, like you got your ass kicked for the first year. Look, I was either pre-show or I was match one. Yeah. And I was totally okay with that. Yeah. Like, listen, I I don't know about you, but as we got older, I'm like, dude, I'll open it's just so I can get paid and get out. You know what I mean? So I. Me personally, I never cared where I was on the card as long as you were on the card. Um, but yeah, Marty's got a point to this. I mean, a lot of these kids now that you're seeing, um, just being in different locker rooms at times is you'll see some of the culture is right with some of these kids, but it's kind of like half-assed. It's not done all the way. Like they'll either have locker room, like they'll have the etiquette, and then when you go watch them and you watch their presentation, their presentation is lacking. Like in other words, their psychology is not matching what they're doing. So, Dave, uh, I guess I have to lean towards uh, of character wise. Everybody out there looks the same. They're all doing the same. Everybody wants to be high flyers. This that they want. They all fast pace matches. This and that. No one's telling a story during their matches. No one's bringing gimmicks for the kids because originally, when when you're attracting your fans, you have to start young so where's the gimmicks like uh like of course people say i i should be uh, out far away from the old school type setting because the business is changing but yeah but, but, but what about the little kids 
you don't you 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 don't want to give him that blood and gore and uh, whether it's death master you want to give them something fun that they can go back to elementary school tell their other fr- friends about oh yeah there was a clown a trash man uh just the gimmicks in general attract just like sunday morning cartoons i'm like you wasn't maybe back in the day we wasn't really into anime because back then anime wasn't that big when we were kids growing up. We had that Saturday morning cartoon. So you're watching uh, the Flintstones and this and that as a little kid, you know? So that's what you want to do. You want to attract the little kids. And this is directed towards like, uh, I want to say the promoters because promoters are just as at fault as well as the trainers, because for not teaching them, look, that's your fan base right there. As they get older, their their taste in wrestling is going to change eventually. But there's where you start out. You get the kids, you get the parents, and then it just grows from there. So, like, I'm a gimmick guy, and there's not a lot of gimmicks out there. You got guys out there wearing kick pads who don't even throw kicks. Why? Mm. And, and I ask them that. Do you throw kicks? No. I'm like, then why are you wearing kick pads? Oh, uh, well, it's cheap. And, uh, dude, it looks cool. Just because you can do moves, I, and I had this conversation last weekend with, with, with two guys, look, uh, and I put them into the right direction of gear makers, people who design, invest in yourself and invest in your, cause people are going to look at the quality. Yes. You might have these awesome matches, but you look like crap though. Like you're like, like you just said, their presentation, their, uh, promo skills. They're not working on the promo skills. their, uh, entrance to the ring or whatever. And then when you said about the jobbers too, that's another thing that 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 really uh it's by the that, wayside. Yeah, no and and I tell like I tell everyone that I said if I start um running again, I said one of the things I want to do, I want to reach out to some of the schools and ask the teachers, hey, I want to bring some of your students in, but I want jobbers, squash guys. They're 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 not getting no offense, whatever. They're out there to make someone else look better. And I I, I hate to say this, but you know. It, it sounds like we're breaking kayfabe here, but Vince and everybody else in the business, and I'm not going to point it to one particular group, but uh, they broke kayfabe a long time ago, and it's so hard for guys like us or anyone new to try to take it back because it's so saturated now where everyone knows the business. Everyone's a smart mark. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. So, well, like, if you run a building now, you know, you if the building holds a 1,000 people, you got 700 smart marks who know, who think they can put a you know, a card better together than you. I actually run my own company, which is Powerhouse Wrestling Alliance. Uh, and we do almost the same thing. We actually went back. And the reason why I went back is it's very simple. It worked for the first hundred years. Yep. Yes, is our business changing? But you know what? Take a look at some of the more successful things that are getting out there. They're keeping it simple. You know what I mean? So, like, yeah, I don't mind doing... I don't mind uh, having like job guys that, come in to work see, for us. See, but, with everything going on now, not nowadays with all the other pr- promotions and stuff like that, guys like us, um, they say you need to be different. Okay, well, everyone's doing the same thing. So what's where's the, the, where's the difference? The difference thing for guys like us is we're gonna bring that old school oh, vibe back. Yes, because exactly. You know what? If you take that's look different. At, look at the trend. All right, with wrestling, it it, it, it hits a peak and it di- and then it goes down, only to peak up again. You know what it, I mean? Like when we were fortunate, we caught the second peak in the nineties, in the in the late nineties. Me and Dave were breaking off, and you know we were early in our careers in that. You know, you guys got to ride the end of that wave coming into the two thousands. You know what I mean? And it's been on a steady decline since our business. And, but hold on, before we do that, I'm going to get Dennis's thoughts on. So, so here's the thing. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. This is going to be taken as a shoot. We all know it. I'm not, I, I don't know how, you know, it's a word vomit. I'll say the reason the business isn't the shit that it is. And you touched on it. It's trainers. It's promoters. They want to book their friends that look cool because they could do flashy moves. And then you got training facilities that are going, Hey, hand me $1,500. I'm going to teach you how to wrestle. And that's the problem. It's not about wrestling anymore. No one wants to learn how to do a character. No one wants to learn how to cut promos. No one wants to learn how to work cameras. You know who teaches these people? The Dungeon teaches that. Monster Factory teaches that. Cheeseburger School in Bristol, PA teaches that. Rob Noxious School teaches that. That's full school, four schools within 100 miles that I know of that teaches real wrestling. They teach you how to do that. If you want to learn how to work on your character, you go to your trainer, you ask them. 
that's the thing. No one wants to ask anybody. They just want to go in the ring and learn how to do fancy moves. And that's the shit. And then the worst part is you have workers, right? This is what pisses me off. And if you're a kid on this, watching this, I'm sorry, parents block their ears. This is going to be vulgar, maybe. But the problem with the business is you have workers on the internet shitting on WWE. Oh, WWE is trash. I'll watch AEW. Or AEW is trash. I can't watch that. I'll watch WWE. Oh my Impact's God. trash. Oh. ROH is trash. This is the problem. Shut up. If you're in the business, if you are a professional wrestler, you pay to be trained, you pay to get in the ring, shut up. This is why you have to shut up. I'm bringing this up because like we were discussing outside, Kate Kawa, the flying Hawaiian, brought it up that, you know, he was on a podcast. He said some things that was just very worried about something. And they reached out to him saying, you, you know, hey, listen, if you don't think these major companies look at what you post and say on anything, you're out of your damn mind nowadays. Oh, yeah, anything. this is a social media like, world now. So like, anything you put up, your employers, if your employer yeah. can it, access it, it, it yeah. that's the thing. Like people, the, the people in the business don't care what they say on the Internet. You know, Selena Vega, she's not there at WWE anymore because the biggest draw was her OnlyFans page for cosplay. Pictures in ca- costumes fired. And then you have workers posting that they have OnlyFans pages. So... You just had dark matches and stuff last year when they had fans for WWE, and you just blew it away because you want to have an OnlyFans page. I get well, it, we're in a hard time, but it, it doesn't matter. Vince won't bring you back because of I it. I don't know now. that. Well, to me, that's a double standard because you know you'll have a chick go out on brown panties, but they can't go on brown panties on their own page and make but money. But this is the thing: it's a PG. Vince's name is a PG thing. Oh, BS. BS, no, no, I, I, I that's the thing. No, I agree with Mike. It's no, BS I, no, because no, I agree with you. Yeah, double standard. It is a double standard, but at the same time, it's it's one of those events. If you go to if you want to work for that company, right, and they say this is the rules we're doing, you know what well, I mean? You have to you abide have by to them. abide by them. So, but, but if you're on the Indies, right, and you just had those agreements to work for them for X amount of days, and you're still on their radar. And you go and post that I'm going to have an OnlyFans page to do X X X. Well, then, stuff, well, then that's, that's their fault. That's what I'm saying. You can't post. You can't because do I, that if you want to work for these companies. Because listen, I, I've seen, and I'm not going to lie, through certain you know, Facebook, you know, there's a lot of indie talent, especially female yeah. workers, that have only fan pages. Yep. You know what I mean? And they promote it. They promote it like to the heavens. And the thing about it is, we all know sex sells, especially with yes. the female workers in our business. Which, by the way. I gotta say, man, they go through the most shit of anybody. Yeah, like, and, I, and do. for anybody listening, I'm not knocking at you making a dollar. Hey, do what you got to do to pay your bills because COVID's here and it sucks. A lot of people were out of work. That's what you got to do. You got to do it. I'm gonna support you no matter what. But in the business standpoint, if I want to work for WWE, AEW, ROH, Impact, it's a PR thing. It's a business standpoint. I own my own promotion just like you do. I own two businesses. I'm not gonna bring you on board. If there's a bad image on there, because it's going to look bad on me. Oh, I got to look I, in the I got to look in the positive direction. Oh, see, I, me, I'm a little bit, a little eccentric from you because I feel any with our business, any word is a word. Yeah, because we all know in our business, people will shit on you just because they don't like you. You know, and I'm like again, sorry for the language, but you know, we're trying to keep it as as basically as real as we can. I mean, we're four guys between all of us got over yeah. half a century in the business. So when you're sitting down, we already know somebody will start some shit in this business just yes. because they don't like you. It has nothing to do with what you're trying to do. No. Trust me. We've gotten with my league. Now we used to be top rope. I literally had to change it because, you know, people are all oh, yeah, They're a joke. They're this, they're that. But like, I'm pretty sure if I called some of these dudes and been like, yo, look, listen, I'm running a show. Uh, I'd like to have you on as the main event. You know, with your booking fee, they're not going to turn down my booking fee. They're not going to think I'm a joke. Then, no, right no, when they're taking your money, Look, but they're the same clowns that are talking shit. Yeah, and that's the thing that drives me nuts. Like, I love wrestling. I don't care what it is, indie wrestling, pro wrestling. It does not matter. I love professional wrestling. I like. I remember posting a couple years ago. I was so excited watching Impact pay per view. Final desk. It was, uh, I think, final something. But I used to live in Orlando. I worked at Universal. I was there for 90% of the original TNA stuff at Universal Studios, watching it in person. I fell in love with the brand. I fell in love with the promotion. 
There's huh. guys that hate it. Why? Why? Because they're not on WWE. They're not on AEW. Who cares? That's. But I'm going to get back to your original point that you first broke off, which was guys that are in our business that paid and have been trained. If you have an opinion about it, that's one thing. If you're trying to maybe do an insider's view, like, oh man, you know, a couple of those spots were rough. Yeah, I could see that's that. Fine. But to act like a fanboy and be like. Oh man, I can't believe they didn't give AJ Styles the title, or I can't believe that you know Darby Allen, you know, let that dude bounce him, bump him all around the ring. Then to me, yeah, you're just what we call a rent payer because you're not getting the concept Look, of our I'll, business. I'll, I'll put it like this: Pro wrestling is like everybody being a football fan. Okay, like we we all know there's another show out of this that's going to talk about the Philly sports. Everybody's talking about what the Eagles just did. Okay, mm-hmm. all these trades. Anybody that's a real sports fan understands why that was a good decision. Okay. Pro wrestling is in the same way. They're not doing it for the fans. They're doing it because they know what's going to make them the most money in the long run on the direction they're going. Whether we like it or not, Vince isn't stupid. Tony Khan isn't dumb. You know, those guys are going to put what they believe is the way to make them money and get views. And if you don't like it, oh, well, like they're going to keep doing it, whether we want to see it or not. Right. Exactly. All right. Now, what I wanted to add to this uh, show is, you know, I want to each individual, you guys, I'll go last on this one. I'm going to start with you first, Marty. Uh, during your time in the business, oh, dude, you're right next to me, brother. So <laughs> you're, 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 you're going to be going next. It's like, I don't want to go first. But uh, all right, no, wait, no, we can take right. it back over to you. Guys. All right, so I guess I'll go first. You go first. Forget I'll, Marty. I'll, I'll be the curtain jerk. There you go. Um, who has most inspired you? In your in your profession, like who do you look back now on and go, even though like maybe you may have fallen out, maybe you may still talk to this person, who have you looked at and just said, Damn, you know what, man? Like this dude, I may not have known it at the time, but he was really trying to look out. Who was that person for you? Or maybe they felt like you they were trying to give you advice, but you thought you knew better at the time. And then you look back on it. I'm gonna go right back to my trainers, to be honest. The mess brothers, like when, and, and there's a reason why I say this. Um, when I tore my meniscus uh, in 2010, which sucked, uh, I had money. I had it scoped. I had it fixed. I was cleared like not even four weeks later. After surgery, the doctor said I was good to go. No physical therapy was needed, which blew my mind that I'm an athlete and I don't need physical therapy. They wouldn't let me train. And I took it personal. I didn't take it professionally. It was them looking after me because I was injured. I had my knee ripped open. And, you know, we had her falling out, you know, and I had a man up and realized what the hell was I doing? I'm, I'm, I'm acting like a little child here. So I went to them all myself and apologized for back acting like a little part of my friendship, little bitch, you know, if it wasn't for them, there would be no Dennis Reaper. You know, they, they, I'll say this, Captain Rick Adams is the one that introduced me to them. That's who introduced me. And I love Captain Rick. I love Mark and Troy Mest. You know, they're my trainers. They will always be my trainers, no matter what path we take, no matter what direction I'm going in. Um, I'm always going to give them the credit because there is no Dennis Reaper without that school. There is no Dennis Reaper without them. So when I now 12 years in, like I've learned the right way to have a match, the right way to promote a show, the right way to run a show because of old school technology, the old school mentality. Like this is how it needs to be done. This is why it needs to be done that way. Because it's been been doing that way for well over 50 years. Right. You know, yes, the new school wrestling has taken over, but this old school way is still going to win no matter what. All right, Dave. Uh, I'm going to go with someone that we know quite familiar, and that's uh, Mr. Flex Wheeler himself. Uh, You know, uh, my eyes were open, uh, like picking the brains of everyone, learning whatever I can. But... uh, he was the one that was mainly trying to instill in me of not just the physical part of working out in the gym and stuff like that, which I, which I regret not listening to him with, you know, the eat healthy and do this. And I probably would still be active right now because I have a lot of physical um, pain and, and, and uh, injuries right now. Uh, so I'm saying like, if I would listen to him back then, uh, about that part, it, it, I think I would still be going. But as far as um, he was more like a father figure, big brother, you know, 
he took a lot of us on under his wing and um and one thing being young you're arrogant you think you know it all this and that and him in general when a lot of times i talk to him and stuff is like a, a lot of times the stuff he explained to me is like it's just like uh just be a good person how, how to be a good person towards people and stuff like that i'm like even though it's hard when the people on the other end is acting like total assholes towards you and stuff like that how can you be a bigger person to that and give them a chance and is that and and like and I thank him so much because now as time goes on and it starts recycling in my head of like and 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 nowadays I I try to help everybody and then and then and 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 Dennis can tell you because uh we work a lot on, on a lot of shows together where I'm constantly always trying to help the the, the promotions or the talent or this yep. and that or just in general like there's guys there's kids who was coming up where I became real good friends is friends with where uh besides talking about wrestling when we're online or if i'm texting or whatever we're not talking about it at all we're talking about their education if they're still in college or whatever i'm like I'm, I'm focused on what they're doing with their life to fall back on in case wrestling doesn't work well apparently two of the guys are really successful right now just 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 tearing it up what they're doing you got Dylan Frymore, who's uh, who, who who works at Sunny Days and works with um, DDP, and and, and he He's works one with of the main guys video with, editors for AEW. Yeah, yeah. Um, with him, you know, he, he used to come over to my house playing video games as, as a young kid. Um, I was I was schooling him, telling him like, yo, I was on his shit with his mother, but like about, yo, finish school, get your education, college, this that. Another guy who who I constantly talk to, which he's very successful right now himself. Is Tony Deppen, like, like, yeah. Did this kid? Everybody thought he was arrogant, this and that. And when I seen him, I said, "There's something different about this kid." I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna drop the strap to him. They're like, "Are you sure?" I'm like, "Yeah, he deserves it." And I was right. And then after that, me, me and him just, just uh, our, our, our friendship snowballed. Where he, he was going to um, Kutztown U University for something. I can't remember what it was. And um, and like I said, the whole, the whole thing, our, our, our conversation was life in general how's the school going this and that now he has the baby and everything like that and he said oh this was one of my biggest uh, uh, uh achievements in the business i said no i told him your biggest achievement is being a dad yep right there so and like like i'm glad to see that you know some of the stuff that flex taught me about being a good person and, and giving back is what i'm doing i'm giving back i'm paying forward to the next generation of guys and i'm and i'm hoping they do the same with with guys after them too as well so that if flex if, if you're listening thank you very much i love you bro party i uh got like a two-parter actually uh <laughs> and you guys you guys know both both of them actually uh, uh my uh original trainer guy taught me almost everything i know was um trent essen uh, mike birdie and uh um charles uh gemini and uh, I mean, I'll, go, I'll go with Verdi first. I'm, I'll show you my age real quick. Um, I'm going to take this back all the way to Animal House down in your neck of the woods. 2005, <laughs> and I walked into this uh, place, and I met uh, Trent for the first time. I've seen him at CZW for years. And, uh, you know, I was like a blood mark at the time. Still am. And uh, so, like, I'm, I go there. Trent's teaching me how to do a backflip for the first time. I'm, granted, I'm 17 year old kid from North Philly, 300 pounds. Trent's like, get up there, do the backflip. Get up there and do the backflip. I'm, you know, we had this big eight by eight crash pad. It was amazing, and uh, finally got over and did it. <laughs> That's just going to tie it to the next story with Charles. So I ended up leaving a PWU for some bullshit with um, trying to drugs and money and all that other fun stuff. It was uh, that downfall of that company. And, you know, so um, go over to ACPW, you know, just about a year later, and I met Charles. I was doing backflips by myself because nobody showed up at the gym doing moonsaults. And uh, I hear somebody in the background, do that again, my father. You know, Charles talks and uh, <laughs> I do it again. And he was like, I see something in you. It's like, nobody does that now. It's like, how old are you? It's like, oh, I'm 18. He's like, I want to take you under my wing. From there on, yeah, that my my whole career changed. Um, he got me bookings. He got me with a set up with ACPW. They pushed the shit out of me for what? Damn, almost five years. And uh, yeah, I give them guys. Uh, yeah, they, they, 
all the credit in the world. So love you, Charles. Rest in peace, Trent. Yeah, um, me, uh, you know, it's kind of hard to talk about Mike yeah, sometimes. Uh, yeah. And the only reason I say that is because I've known Mike's I knew Mike since he was 14. Like I remember meeting Mike when I when I first started as security because of Phil Stamper at PWU. Okay. Like that's how that's that's me being old, okay. Yeah. I was young, you know, and I got introduced to Phil. That's how I got to be at PWU and I got to meet all them. And I remember the first time meeting Trent. It was one of those I was at ringside and I got bought, I got cocky with a fan because they started to shove the rail. And Trent's like, next time that does it, just punch him in their face. They'll love it. I'm like, what? Punch a fan in the face? And then, like, that's something I'll never forget because of the fact he was being serious. I took it as he was joking. And then Luke and all them were like, no, he's being serious. Just punch the fan. (laughs) Dear Lord. Dude, dude, uh, I got a quick little Trent story for you. We were training at at Hawkins Ah. where, you know, everybody talks shit on, but everybody was there most of the time, Uh, especially if you were in the Philly area. Uh, So we were there one night, and um, me and Mike were – we were working, and uh, I grabbed him too quick like in the headlock, and I was like, side headlock takedown, and he didn't hear me. So I just went, and Mike put his arm out. Uh, unfortunately, he ended up breaking his wrist, and um, I felt so bad about it, right? And I'll never forget it. Uh, he was doing something with um, – he was just starting his trend asset, but he was doing something with Twiggy Ramirez and back in the old NWA days, and um, Twiggy was hated. Like, Twiggy came like a couple days later or whatever. And he was heated at me because he thought I tried to do it on purpose. Yeah. So he didn't know that me and Mike had a history prior to that. Like I said, I've known Mike since he was 14. We used to play on a street hockey team, believe it or not, in South Philly. That kid at the age of 14, just getting off subject for one second, that kid at the age of 14 had about an 80-mile-an-hour slap shot and was just nasty because, trust me, I used to be the guy that would screen the goaltender. So a lot of his shots would ricochet off of me, and they hurt. But um, like it just goes to show you what kind of person he was. He was, you know, he was very uh, he 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 excelled at a lot of stuff, man. He was really good at you know not just wrestling. He was an all around athlete, all around athlete, and he could play music. He was a hell of a drummer, you know. But the, so like getting back to a Twiggy, kind of got a little heated at me. Wanted to, you know, he thought he I did it on purpose. And like I remember Mike looking at him. He was like, dude. He goes, of all the people in this gym who would try to hurt me, he goes, he would be the least. And I remember the dumbfounded look on Twiggy's face. He's like, but he heard it. He said, dude, he goes, it was an accident. And then, like, it finally took him to say it was an accident. You know, like, like I said, I was young in the business then. I was only in the business probably about a year, year and a half. You know what I mean? And I was like, I'm like, oh, great. And I just remember it was really funny because uh, New Jack was at, actually at the gym when it happened. And Jack turned around to me. He goes, you're not scared, are you? I was like, I said, no, because like Twiggy was getting kind of heated. I was like, oh, no. I was like, we step out them doors. I was like, it's it's on. I was like, I- I'm from, you know, that street, that street out there. I said, that's me. I was like, I was like, he wants to knuckle. We can knuckle. And uh, Jack was like, he goes, boy, he said you would tear him up. He goes, he's doing that for show. He goes, I can tell already just by your mannerisms. He's like, you eat him alive. I was like, well, so finally, I think like Twiggy kept going on with it, and New Jack finally turned around, and was like, boy, look, either step outside and fist fight him or shut up. Yeah. He goes, because I'm pretty sure and it was really funny because like everybody that was kind of with him, like kind of backing him, and there was a few people, you know, and Jack just said it again. He goes, I'm gonna say it again. Either step outside and fist fight this dude because you feel some type of way. He goes, or shut up. And Twiggy's like, I remember he looked, he goes, no, no, let's go in the ring and shoot. And he was like, yo, boy, he said, no, boy, the ultimate shoot. He said, the ultimate shoot is a street fight. He was like, if you, he goes, there's a big field right across the street. He goes, why are you going to waste this people's time and ring? He said, y'all got a big field across the street. He goes, I'm pretty sure he goes see you. Like, I didn't say a word. I was just standing there. And Jack was like, Jack was like, I remember he looked at me. He goes, if he wants to go outside, he goes, you want to go? I said, I'll go first. And I walked out the door. And that was it. And I stood outside. Jack goes, I guess he ain't coming out. I said, okay. And we just left it at that. But it was it took Mike to really like speak up and say something. But it was uh getting back to what we were saying. I uh, I gotta agree with you on Flex Wheeler. And I'm gonna give you my flex story. We were with GWA at the time. Ah, GWA. Good old Grand Wrestling Alliance. Got Is to it? work there once. Yes, and that was Flex. 
Izzy Aviles, uh, we were sitting back and um, good old Hunk Heiser, me and, uh, Hunk, me and Hunk were hanging out. And um, he said, hey, man, he goes, I'm about to go over Flex's. I said, what are you going over bothering him for? Because Flex lived right around the corner from Hawkins. Mm-hmm. He goes, I'm about to go around Flex's. I said, what are you bothering him for? He goes, no, dude. He goes, he's about to write, write out the show. I was like, really? And he was like, yeah. He's like, why don't you come around with me? So I went around with him. And it was funny as hell because, like, I looked at Flex. Flex was like, yo, what's up, man? And, you know, me and Flex at that time, we had a report, but it was just from the gym. So, and I turned around and said, hey, man, I said, how do you put this together? And he goes, are you interested in learning? I said, hell yeah. So, literally for that, the whole time we was in, the rest of the time we were in GWA, and then when PWA started, me and Hunk were over his house every Wednesday night, and we were he was showing us how to put stuff together. And he would tell you, like, that's how I got to learn a lot of the backstage stuff through this business. And it was funny because when I started with Top Rope, being a booker for Top Rope, he was watching me, and he turned right around. I remember T was actually staying with me. Flex was actually staying with me. Um for the summer and he just looked at me and he, he's watching me put everything together and i'm like he could see me like struggling a little bit he goes what are you thinking about i said how can i get where can i end this and then he sitting there looking he was like damn he's like i taught you well you know but you know i'm, I'm glad we were able to get all that stuff out but now it's time to move on to the meat and potatoes of our show which yeah. is uh Fast lane. Fast, fast lane. lane. <laughs> Reviewing fast lane. And Dave, you got the big old notebook out in front of you, so I'm going to go to you first. Oh, great. So, uh, well, it, it was a very interesting uh, pay-per-view. It has its uh, highs and lows, but mainly there was so many highs that I was uh, I was actually all for for this this particular pay, pay, pay-per-view. It surprised me. I thought there was going to be more lows than anything for being one of those uh, mediocre pay-per-views i want to say because for me growing up the four majors were mania uh SummerSlam, rumble and uh and, and the survivor series so uh first of all they they kicked off with with their, with their kickoff show with uh riddle against mustafa ali uh one thing i i like about uh ali is that uh um that is that he, he he came to play? He he shows what he can do out there. Which don't get me wrong, the the the, the kid does not slack on anything. I I think they can push him really really well. But I think the whole thing with the uh, whole uh, what's the name of the group again? Um, uh, Re- Re- uh, yeah, retribution. Yeah, why did I come come out with these big words? Uh, but yeah, I I think they could have did something different with the group and different with him. They should not have put him. In. I think he could have uh, survived on his own. Oh, with that group, ain't she? Huh? Retribution, ain't she with that group? No, I, I, I actually just. Been... I think she was hurt. I think that's why she has. We we haven't you haven't seen her in a while. Martinez. Yeah. No, 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 no she no, she no. she. Me, yeah. No, no, she left that that night. Um. Like the during the uh, at, at the end af, after um he he lost the riddle he he started blaming everybody about the loss of that she walked out um uh I think it was um slapjack the uh, one with like the, the the hockey mask he 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 like he walked out too and then uh Mason uh, T Bar gave him a, a, yeah, a, a double choke the double choke slam double choke slam and so that's pretty much like I, I guess we're gonna see the end of re- re- retribution right there and now, like I, I, s- I don't think we're gonna see the end of them I see it this way Ali's gonna go one way I think they and need some to, are gonna go to him and some are gonna stay with the other two guys I think what they need to do is just have them unmask and start working as themselves but other than that the 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 match was great um, the thing. What I liked was Riddle selling of his neck because he, he sold it like crazy. Um, uh, the, the one thing that I, I, I did not like is when Riddle no selled his um, his back when, when, when he did the um, top rope fin- finisher. That there, because he should have been struggling when, when you are, because through, through the whole match, and you're going to lift the guy up there on while you're on the top rope, but you're sitting with the second rope, top rope. Uh, it, it just like, it just makes me like, okay, are they gonna do the whole adrenaline? Well, the adrenaline flowing through this guy. Oh, he doesn't feel the pain now. Just that type of thing. But uh, other than that, like I said, it, it was a solid match. I believe. Any input on that? Then I didn't watch that match to be honest. Oh, you did. So here's it. my thing. 
I, I put the pay-per-view on, um, and I watched it last night. I know I'm a week late to watch it, but I work like crazy amount of back. hours, two weeks in a row. So like, it's hard for me to watch everything. Um, I actually watched my pay-per-view last night. Um, I knew the outcomes already. I like before it even happened. I just feel, in my personal opinion, because I I got glimpse. I watched glimpse of it. They gave the match a little too early. I think it should have been later in the, a little bit on the main show, in my personal opinion, because you have you're you're building Matt Riddle up to be big. You're building Ali up to leave his group and stuff. And you you know yes, sometimes you got to be the first match of, of an entire show, and that, that includes pre-show. So they gave those two guys the green light to do whatever. I just don't think they should have had the break, the, the out, the ending with Ali and his group right there. They should have, they should have slowly, in my opinion, have it happen instead of like, oh, I'm have like one you, member you. and then another member. Like, you can see the frustration build and build and build, and then say at Mania because now Mania is two nights. Okay, you could have had it happen at Mania to where Ali is getting another shot at Riddle. Ali's about to win, and his group's like, F you. And they walk away. And they leave him during the match yes. and not and after then, the match. You know, yeah, some people might like might, might not like that idea, but I'm a story person. I like stories. I don't want everything right away. It's like when you go to a birthday party, do you want the cake as soon as you get there, or do you want to wait for the party? Because by that time the cake comes out for the birthday party, it's the best part of it. You know, alcohol's there, but cake's great. I'm a fluffy guy. I like sweets. <laughs> I'm gonna say it. I like my sugar. Y'all have you guys brought co- uh, donuts, donuts here, yes. and I immediately ran right when I heard the box open. You well, know, um, I, my thing is, I, I don't know. I've never taken to the Riddle character. I just don't know. I mean, I know he's got the UFC background, um, but to me, I, I kind of look at him and. I, you know, he's a generic version of Rob Van Dam. That's how I see him. You know, but maybe that might be his personality too. Like he's legitimately like that. Like no, he really is. Yeah, yeah, he's like the Indies. He's never like I don't. And then maybe I should. This like, comes from guys that I know from the Monster Factory that, that okay. trained with him. He is so laid back and nonchalant. It's what makes him so friendly to hang out with. Like he's not so he's not stressed out. He's not coming to you with all this problem. He just wants to wrestle and have fun and enjoy life. Yeah, that's the way it used. That's the way it should be. Is just enjoy it while you're on the ride. Yeah, I mean, I'm maybe like I said, I know people over there too. I know, but me and Cage go back a long time, mm-hmm. and um, it, I don't know. Like I, like I said, maybe it's because I don't know him personally. I, I just see like what was presented, and to me, like I said, I, I looked at it, and my son's the biggest RVD mark in the world. Loves the guy to this day. That's his favorite guy, and. I, I, we were sitting down and we were watching him, and I was just like, I was like, dude, I was like, he's like, you know, RVD 2.0. And my son was like, yeah, minus the wrestling talent. <laughs> and he was like, you know, and he goes, and I'm not taking nothing away from Riddle. He goes, you know, he goes, he can wrestle. He goes, but he goes, he's nowhere near. He goes, you know, and then he, my son actually kind of explained it like you guys, like, you know, he's like that Zen type person. Yeah. He's just, he said they had the same type mentality. He's very mellow. Dude, it's, and I think I think that kind of turns up like like me being a, like when I want to be entertained, like I don't want to see some mellow dude. Like, what's a mellow dude going to do with a fight? Like Matt Riddle looks like a type of dude that would smoke a bowl, get a cheesesteak, and go to bed. I, I was just about to say I'm that. Not gonna, I'm 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 gonna I'm not gonna agree or disagree with that comment. I'm just gonna say <laughs> it's Philly. <laughs> it's a Philly thing. <laughs> yeah, uh, and then uh, they were getting ready to kid the to kick off the main show, which was really interesting because they uh, started off with the women's tag team titles of uh, Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks taking on the champs, Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler. Does anyone want to kick off with this match here? Nia Jax is still... This is how long it's been since I watched WWE. I'm not going to lie. I'm a horrible host. I kind of got thrown into this this morning. No, it's all right. I don't watch it. I actually liked how they put that as the first match of the night because you're giving the women... The first match, but let's be real. Okay. What's the three most important matches of a show? The first, the the, the one match before intermission, and the main event. Exactly. In my opinion, there's four main matches, <laughs> but no one did, listens to me about do that. Do they one. do intermissions anymore? No. Well, no. No. They, uh, they don't. 
going off of what you said that you were surprised about Nia Jax still working here, what's everyone's thoughts on Nia now compared to when she started? I'm not I'm not gonna answer that one, unfortunately. I like my I I, I yeah, not not answering it. Why? It's just I you know her personally? No, it's nothing personal. It's just uh, if I want to work for the company, I'm not, I can't say bad things. Well, it's not about saying yeah, bad no, things. No, no, I just, she had a reputation of hurting people. Yeah, I, no, I was no, just no, about no, to say that. Does, but but recently, if you watch her stuff a lot, though, you notice that she has improved a lot. She, she, she tends to be a lot more safer now than before. No, she does. So, so she's not. It's be, and it's not because it's, it's because she's in a tag team. It's not. It's, she's not in singles anymore. They put her in a tag team. In my opinion. I don't think I honestly I don't think regardless of being a tag team or not has anything to do with her being being a safe worker or not, though. It was just that uh, some of the stuff that she was doing. Yes, we understand. Yet she is bigger than the other girls. Uh, well, that's but, a, that's an issue, too. I mean, listen, Nia Jax is a big girl. She can throw what, people around and manhandle them. She can she, man, right. But, you know, you can't be sticking her in a ring. If you do, it's got to be. You psychology wise, you got to make it psychology work. Like they're so hell bent on getting the pretty face and the pretty body over up there, and it's the truth. It's been that way for a long time. You know, pretty face, nice, nice rack, nice bottom. They want to get them over, and like, I'm sorry, the way that they built her coming in was great. She looked like a killer coming yeah. in, and that's how I would have continued. I'd have had her. Like to be honest with you, they should have kept Awesome Kong there at the same time. But I, I was just thinking that you're on the same line, bro. No. Could you? What better match you could have a WrestleMania than Awesome Kong against Carmen, which is with her name up there, against Nia Jax, bro? That would sell. Here's the thing. I'm, I'm going to give Nia Jax credit where credit's due. The girl can move for a big woman. Okay, 100. She does not care about her weight. She will dress. She's going to go out there and wear whatever she wants. And I give her that. I, I have a lot of respect for her personally because she has to overcome all the negative. You know, yeah, she yeah, has hurt some there, people in the ring. Because there are nasty like, people look, out there, though, with the negative that will talk trash. Is it always her first fault someone gets hurt? No. Well, but that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, so I can't fault her for that. Right, I can, the only thing I can fault is the one when you heard someone say, I'm not ready, and you throw them into a buckle. Right. You know what I mean? But then and, again, like I said, too, you also don't know the situation. The at that situation. Moment. We've yeah. all been in matches where, where you can't hear nothing. You can't hear nothing. You know, and that, it happens. I mean, especially yeah. if you're wearing a mask, too. Exactly. You know, you're covering. You know, and at that, and that's why, like, I personally think, wise, I think she's a great human being. I think she's overcoming every obstacle and every stereotype about a big woman and a woman. And one thing that shows that confidence about her a lot, and it's not on screen for the WWE, it's behind the scenes. When you see her videos like on on TikTok and Instagram, Instagram, oh, they're phenomenal. I'm like, I love those things. I mean, she's overcome a lot, but I just like I I think sometimes, you know, I think something's put on a person that's a little unfair. And that's my that was my point that I was getting at with you. But with her hurting people, what I'm saying to you is. Like, I feel like the people that she was in the ring with at the time weren't up to her level. I can understand that. And I can understand when, when that. you're not up to somebody's level, you're going to make a mistake. That person who's not up to that level is going to make a mistake. And the, and, and, I, you, and we've all taken bad yeah, bumps. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. We've, all, we've all been hurt by people or hurt by ourselves. The other and the one thing that you were saying is how she's gotten better. One I, Again, I will stand by it. I think it's because it's a tag team thing. But it also because of who her tag team partner is. Yeah. That I, Shana I, I, Baszler, I love Shana. She's a great. In worker. my opinion, transforming from MMA to professional wrestling. Now it's been done. Ronda did it. I have to say, Shana's a lot better than Ronda. No, no, that's what I'm going with. I think Shana, out of all of them that have come over from the MMA world, is the best one of them all. She probably respects it a lot more. Not, I don't. I don't think it's more of that. I think oh, she I understands do. the seriousness of it. She does, but what I'm saying is, when Rousey came in, Rousey was nothing more than a name. Okay, she didn't care about our business. And when just look at all the derogatory remarks she made about her business when when she left about fake fighting. Well, 
I think there was more. To, I don't think it was her really make, taking shots. I think it was Derek. She was supposed to come back and then decided that, you know what I mean? There's something to it. So, but yeah, what? So that, that was that. Yeah, I, I think I think we got to fast forward through this uh, this whole card because, you know, our, our time is, is limited here on the show. Yeah. But anyway, but anyway, the, the, the tag team wins match, it was uh, on point. Um, it was misleading for me, though, with B- Bianca and Sasha come, come, coming out wearing the same r- ring attire, you know, so obviously people are in, are, are instantly going to think, hey, they're going over for the belts, but they didn't. They had their little squabble at the end and uh, and the slap to Bianca. The the look on her face was priceless. As soon as that smack happened, I was like, Holy, that's a legit reaction. That's that's not a gimmick reaction. That that was so legit. Uh, I think they're going to have a, a a great match at Mania mm-hmm. between Sasha and Bianca. They can steal uh, the show. I, that, I was uh, just about to yeah. say that. They can steal I the honestly show. think they I, there's three matches on Mania that I think are going to steal the night. That is one of them. One hundred percent. I think the other match that's going to steal Mania. It's going to be Apollo versus Big E. Okay. They are building that match because and, did you watch did you watch that match between Big? Okay, so let me just say it this way. Uh, um, Apollo finally went back to his original roots from the Indies, you know, and I'm in heaven with this idea. Like Vince has let him run with the nation, the, the Hugh nation. Yeah. Like his, his accent's real. It's not a work. It's nothing he learned. That's really him, you know, and I'm loving it because it's, he's being himself. They should put him over. Oh, 100% oh, it's going to happen in Mania. It's happening in Mania. Yeah, and if it doesn't over. happen in Mania, I'm going to be very shocked if it doesn't happen Listen, in Mania. The only thing I ever turned in for the last few years for Mania was a C-Taker. And now that he's not going yeah, to be now there it's this like, year, bleh. it's like, why? Is there ever like, going to be another Taker But at the same time, I'm okay with him not being I there mean, anymore. You know who I will probably tune in to see? And that is Damian Priest. I was thinking and that. And that's only because we've all worked shows with him. You know, when he was Punisher Martinez. Here's the other match that's going to steal the night, and you're going to be shocked when I say this. Ooh. It's going to be Roman Reigns versus Edge versus Daniel Bryan. It's oh, not yeah. confirmed yet. Yeah. But this, I don't th- think this so. is why I'm saying this is going to be. No one knows that Daniel Bryan's going to be in it. None of us do. But this is why you put him in it. You want Roman Reigns to really truly be the most hated person in professional wrestling? You have mm. him take out two of the biggest name fan favorites in professional wrestling on the biggest stage of the year. I got a dark, I got a dark match for you that could steal a show that I just I was because I was catching up on it um, on Twitter to see what was on the card, but I just saw they signed uh, Kevin Owens and Sammy and they can go. yeah I saw that too uh, they, oh, they, that's, we already they know that we, that one is one hundred percent but we we know that right we know that and we've seen it a million times but, but it'll never it'll get better and better every but, time exactly they do it. exactly it'll Kevin get Owens better and, better. and Sammy Zayn have been doing this for. Ever yeah, since right. our 15 yeah. plus years and even before right. that. Yeah. And, and like, when you have magic like that with those two guys, yes. they can easily, easily still steal the show. You put them on as the first match of the night, and everybody has to live up to that standard. Like I, I'm seeing people on the internet be upset that it's a two-night event, but if you think about it, it's, it's a smart. Raw and a SmackDown. It's what you break it down to. Oh, so you so put WrestleMania's two nights. So WrestleMania is Saturday and Sunday. It's the tenth and the eleventh. Okay. Here's yeah. why I love this idea. And I think if they keep going forward with it, it's not a money thing. Well, it is, but it's not. You have all this talent on your product, right? On all your shows, on NXT. Now you have two nights. Now, yeah. you can now all everything. your guys can get well, the, well, that's the like moment a, of WrestleMania. And, and yeah, NXT Takeo's doing a two-night event, too, as well. So, Well, that but, has to happen. NXT has so much young talent down there. One night is not enough for those guys. I'm sorry. Yeah. All right, uh, Dennis, you you already jumped into the uh, Biggie Apollo Cruz yeah. match, so so that there we we already trend, transcended. Yep. So we can skip over that one there. Uh, the next following match it was it was Elias against Braun Strowman, which uh, it was it was solid. It was quick. I have no complaints whatsoever. It is what it is. Braun obviously going over. I'm looking at Mania now. Mania is scheduled for Braun against Shane, which I think that might turn into a handicap match. I think eventually, I think it might be Elias with the uh, uh, Jackson R- Riker and Shane taking on Braun by himself, three on one. What do you think? I don't know. It's going to be one of those like I don't think it's going to happen. I think it's still going to it's going to be a one on one because Braun's going to want just Shane. The fans want to see 
Shane get ripped apart. Well, okay? that's I, the way they're building it up. Shane see, has been doing everything he's originally done to everybody else. See, but here's the thing though: with 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 them wanting to see Braun tear him apart, it's 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 better to have Elias and Jackson Record out out there to help Shane because then Shane can actually then pull off the crazy stuff that he does in like the past matches he had because he had a he never really faced anyone as big as Braun though. In the past, Who? Shane. Yes, You're saying Taker has isn't as big as Braun. I'm talking. I'm. A, I'm. A, I'm. A, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm like, gonna, no one is as big as Taker. Like, well, I know. You can beat Braun I'm, Strowman, I'm talking about. I'm not. talking about uh, beast wise size. I'm talking about size. You know, they're the same size. They're just, right? In, in my opinion, they're the same. Like, same yes, size. Like, I thought Braun was a lot bigger. No, 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 no. no. Braun's built. bigger. Yeah, Braun's like, Braun's a bigger. bigger dude, he's not bigger. Body wise, he's But if you really put it down to it. The hardest spot guy in the professional wrestling business to have a match with, in my opinion, will always be Taker because you have to live up to that. To his standards, yeah. And if you go out there and Taker's made it pretty clear on his things, like his most hated matches, him versus Goldberg, him and Kane versus DX, because they were bad. Yeah. He owned up to them. Like, oh, yeah. I'll so when you, you go, when you face, when you face Taker, you have that, you have it in your mind that if I shit the bed, I'm going to be the joke on the internet right now. So when you're when you're Braun and you're Shane, everybody's expecting Shane to do a high flying move off something crazy. Yeah, so we so all Shane's going to take a big bump. We uh, all expected. We're, we're 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 getting cued at uh, uh, the show. We're, gonna, we're running out. Of time, yeah, we y'all. we actually ran out of time in the beginning, and we didn't get through half half right. this. But well, uh, that's we, what we, we got we, next week, fellas. We apologize. You know, right, we, I'll we, come back next week too. We apologize for uh, all that. You know, we we got. You know what uh, happens, Dave? When we all get together, time just we seems start telling our yeah. we start telling our own personal stories, and it and it and takes away what the what what we really want to talk about. Uh, one final note: um, Who is your uh, your match for Mania? Um, the main event. I'll just deal with the main event. Me too. <laughs> uh I, I'm 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 definitely looking at Miz and um and and Bad Bunny because I because because I literally because literally I just want to see Miz tear Bad Bad Bunny to pieces. That's all. Look, I got two <laughs> matches. Ready? Oh, Cesaro. Well, oh well. It's Cesaro and Seth Rollins. That's gonna be good. Okay. And Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens. In my opinion, my favorite two matches of the, of the entire weekend. There you go. All right, guys. You've been. In, we all been. Uh, it's been a great. Time I want to thank Dennis Reaper, Dave Chio Frost, Marty, Eric, <laughs> and myself. I'm Mike Laro, aka Slayer. Uh, this has been Body Slams for Breakfast. Devereaux Sports coming up next. Oh my God! We didn't get my iPod up like we didn't.